You are listening to the Photo Bomb Podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Bouray and Gary. Welcome to the Photo Bomb Podcast. My name is Bouray Perry, and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Hey, man. Is this episode 79? This will be episode 80. This is episode 80. Eight All right. Zero. Congratulations, episode 80. Episode 80. All right. Uh, we have to talk briefly okay. about the. Only briefly. The phenomenon that is sweeping the world. Oh, the world. Pokemon. In the world. Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go. Yeah. I mean, it's, I know we're a photography podcast, but it's crazy. I didn't even Pokemon know it was a thing. Go. I didn't even know it was a thing. No, I, I, mean, I was like, oh, I kind of heard a little bit about it. Nintendo stock went up 50%. Yeah. Yeah, they made they've made so much money. Fifty percent. They said that there are sixteen million people playing, and that the, the app is generating one point six million dollars a day in revenue. Yep, a day. Yep. And dude, so this is one of the we live in for going of, around and collecting cartoon people in your phone. We live in an, an interesting time. I got to tell you, but I, you know, the other the other thing is a lot of people. Of course, when anything new comes out, there are a lot of internet haters. Of course, it's like oh, well, all the zombies and the blah blah blah, and all the kids. And I was out at the park, and all I saw was kids doing Pokemon. I'm like. One, the big argument that people are making is that kids are outside, which is amazing. Right, right. And that's you know, true. At least they're walking. And adults. Lots of right. adults I know are playing. And there was an article in just this past week in uh, uh, the, the Central Park. I think you even reposted yes. on Facebook. that looks it was like, like a it was chaos, a stampede, yeah. because a rare Pokemon appeared in, in Central Park. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of cool. Not necessarily I don't play it, and I'm not really interested in doing it, but I love the innovation, and I love the potential for... Um, I love the potential for other apps. Somebody comes out. This is the thing I think about all the time because, you know, Apple really invented the first multi-use smart device when it invented the iPhone. You know, right. there were other similar ones. You know, you had Blackberries and there's a Palm Trio and they were all leading towards what the what the iPhone has become. And I now, had the Palm Trio. And now, yeah, me too. And now, and you know, and now uh, Android phones, Samsung. And I don't think when they made it. I think that the brilliance of it is almost like the brilliance of the Constitution, where like the founding fathers were like, "Yeah, we're going to make it so you can change stuff just in case the world changes as we go through." Right. But they left the innovation, most of the innovation, up to the app developers. You know, it's like we're going to make this device that the whole thing it does it functions on apps and whatever you can think of to make it do that it can do, you can do it. You well, can make like, a thing to do. It's it. It's like making a game console, and then you know, and then the real money is licensing to the people who make the games. Well, that the the thing is though that you don't carry a game console around in your pocket. No, like, you do now. This has so much like think about the innovation that was periscope right and and now facebook live and think about now this the pokemon go and all the different stuff that you can do with it that no that the the people who invented it originally had no idea they didn't conceive of it they just conceived of a device that people could you know crowdsourcing the the uses for this device and now what would be a really cool way to take the technology of like the pokemon go app because it's also been a boon for businesses because you can like put like lures down and try to get interesting pokemons in your business to get people to come into your shop and stuff so i like the way that you you know you you use the game and it says there's pokemons over here or there's a a gym over there or a, a thing where you get pokeballs or whatever i don't know no and, and then it, then it leads you to it, you know. So you go over there and you do that. And I think if you could tie that into um, porn, our upcoming version <laughs> of Craigslist or Meth Deal. Oh, Craigslist or Meth Deal. Then you would you'd have an app that would lead you to around to parking lots around the city where it could be a Craigslist exchange or, or it could a be a drug deal. deal like, there's a deal on. going yes. down right now. Right, and you go. Like this guy is checked in at this parking yes. garage and go there and find out is, is it Craigslist or is it a drug deal? Is it a drug deal? If you haven't uh, listened to that episode, go back and see if there's <laughs> one called Craigslist or drug deal. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and that's so that's the way I think that that app's technology could then be uh, monetized into something that we would work could for do. We've got this. Speaking of. Do you know anybody that can write? 
apps? No. Speaking of. Speaking of um, addictions to our phones, did you see the thing uh, a couple of weeks ago, some photographer has done a thing where he's taken a collection of photos of people and he's photoshopped out the phones. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And this, it's a way yeah. to show this horrible addiction that yeah. we have. To uh, our phones. To, yeah. to cell phones. And I just wanted to point out that it's a bunch of crap. I agree. It is totally a bunch of Although crap. Although one of my favorite things to do right now is when you see a bunch, of, like a group of friends hanging out together. Like we were at dinner and three people had their phones out and we were visiting family out of state. And I'm sitting there not on my phone and I look over to my wife and my cousin and like one of their cousins. And I'm like, man, it's really great spending time with you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, yes, that's an issue. But the thing that gets me is like, there's, like he had one picture of, of a couple in bed. And they're like laying back to back, and and they and you can see that you know that he's removed the phones, but they had phones in their hands. They were Light both on the phone. They were both on the phone, and lying back to back instead of interacting. Now, if that picture was from you know years ago, and they both had books in their if hands, if it was the New York Times and Fifty Shades of Grey, like then it would be like, oh, that is a sweet couple on a Sunday morning reading in bed together. Yeah, you know, because that's what you're doing with your phone. You're reading. Julie and or, I do that all the time. Or, or or when you've got you know a guy sitting around on his phone looking at his phone, you take it out because people are always looking at their phone. What he's really doing is chatting with. A friend. So what he's really doing is he's talking to someone. Right. He is communicating to somebody. Think about we're it. just using these phones as a different medium. Right. But we're actually doing well, the same thing. If you imagine yourself the same on, thing the, we've always done. on the subway in New York City, 1970, okay? Or let's say 1990 even. So 1990, you're on the subway in New York City. You look down the train and there's a guy reading a newspaper. There's a girl reading a book. There's a guy with his Walkman or Discman, whatever. Right. Cool. And then, right. you know, you got a guy who's, uh, you know, chatting with a buddy. And you got a guy who's playing with a, you know, a ping pong paddler playing a Game Boy or whatever the heck, you know, <laughs> yeah, right, you exactly, like, whatever. This now, all of those people are have can do all those different right. things on just the one. Now they're device. all looking at their phones, and it's an addiction. It's a terrible thing. We've got to do something. No, it's the same thing we've always done. It's just now all done. It's all the same in device. one place. It's actually much more yeah. efficient. There's yeah, because yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that uh, sitting at dinner with my kids, and I had my phone out, and I was flipping through the news, and I thought, oh, this is terrible. I should be spending time with my family. And I thought, wait a minute. Dad, reading the paper at the table is a time-honored tradition in American families. You know, that, you know, Dad reads the paper at the end of the day. You know, a Christmas story. He's sitting there reading the paper while Mom is putting the dinner you on the get table. get up and you have your eggs and bacon and read the sports section or read the, right. you know, whatever. Yeah. So, that, so the whole thing with our phones, with us being addicted to our phones, no. Our phones have just taken the place of five other things that we have in or our lives. Or 20 other things. 20 other things. Yeah, I love, see, the more poignant photo is with the ones where you can find online. It's the before and after of here's everything that your device does it goes to like 1985 and it goes here are the size of all of the devices that you would have to carry with you all the time in order to be able to do all oh, the that's things crazy you on your phone it's like a boom box a newspaper a stack of books like a bunch of tapes a giant you know, map a giant map yeah all the stuff that like and they can't you know there's it's it's just uh, but i do have a new addiction i've gone I've gone full Apple fanboy on you. Oh, yes, you I have. did it. I you did have. it. I finally pulled the trigger. And you got like, the Apple Watch. I got the Apple Watch. Yes, I did. I'm looking at it right now. And I got to tell you, um, I'm only a few days into owning said Apple Watch, but uh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go overboard with the no. praise. No, it's a very... I just want to point out that praise almost equal to the praise you had for my photography in the last episode. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. No, but it's, it's, it's a very cool device. It does a lot of cool things, but just you don't want to spend a ton of time on it because the screen's so small by comparison yeah. to your phone. Uh, it is really, really cool if you're at like, uh, if you're out or you're like at a meal and you get a message, you can go, yeah, I don't need to answer that right this right. second. So it's a really cool way to just 
not have to pull your phone out of your pocket all the time to check the time. It's like having a watch. But you can also get your messages and your emails and stuff and all the. And uh, what, what I found is really cool is I get my uh, sports updates. So you get your mm-hmm. scores on your game. So I like Major League Soccer and and uh, whatever. And you can get your uh, you know little like uh, last night I was driving home and uh, it was like a two hour drive from the Tampa area back to my house and. Um, I, there was an Orlando City soccer match that was going on, and I couldn't obviously watch it, and it wasn't on the radio because who I don't listen to the radio. But uh, right. it kept telling me every time there was something significant happened, and I'm driving, I'm like, okay, good, we scored another goal or whatever, yeah. and that was kind of cool. So that's why I have a Pebble, a Pebble watch for the same reason, except it's two hundred bucks, right. and it does all those things you just said. And but that's all you really need. The idea that you want to do everything with your, you don't want to do everything with your no. watch. The screen is just too small. I was doing, uh, there, you can get games on it. I was you doing, don't want to play a game. With I was your doing watch. trivia crack, and I'm like, oh, this is cool, and I'm holding, it, and I'm tapping, like, crap, my arm is tired. Yeah, <laughs> From your phone. whatever. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it has some pretty cool features. I do like. I tell you what is what I I do like. I love the 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 interaction with music because I can tell Siri works a lot better on the Apple Watch than it does on the phone. And right. so when I'm driving, and if I want to listen to a playlist or start a radio station, I just say "Hey Siri," and I say it, and then it does it, and it and it activates the music on my phone that's plugged into the car, which is kind of cool. Um, and also, the fitness tracker is is oh, I'm neat. I am dead set against all fitness tracking. It's actually pretty neat because you know what it does. It's not like hey, I'm going to do all this stuff now, but it over the last few days, I, it's basically been tracking how much I stand and how much I move around, and it's really called attention to the fact that I spend a lot of time sitting in the same spot. <laughs> And so, you know, it's not, I'm thinking not like, oh, I'm going to hit the gym, but I'm like, you know what, maybe like when I get home, instead of sitting on the couch and eating an entire bag of uh, Tostitos and salsa, I will maybe take Ellie for a walk, you know, and just move around a little bit, you know, right. add a little more. Because my lifestyle is I'll spend a whole day on my feet shooting, and then the next day I'll spend the whole day at the computer not moving. And so, you know, just to add a little more movement. And so I think that's I, I, I think cool. I think I need to move less. I've, I've, spent, I've been moving too much, and, and I really need to take a break. Because with the moving, no. I mean, the moving oh, into the house and everything, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just been like, <clears throat> I've had a moving job every day in the, in the heat of summer oh, for the past bo- two your weeks. Your old bones are tired. My old bones are tired. <laughs> I'm, not afraid, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I mean, new, I, my young bones would be tired. What I do like about this um, is I've got the Wonderlist on it, which, which Julie and I use for... The Wonderlist? Wonderlist, the app. It's called Wonderlist. This is serious yeah and uh <laughs> that's a, a reference to wonder pets for wonder those pet. of you whose kids were. i don't think anybody got that anybody uh, anybody who with, with a kid who's like 10 or 12 years old right now remembers the wonder pets well i've got a uh, uh anyway the, the wonder list is the app that we use to basically like make our to-do list and we have lists for each other so i can add stuff to julie she can add stuff to mine and so as i'm driving or something i can just open tell siri to open wonder list and i can say add this to julie's right. list and it will do that right. so you know there's some pretty cool stuff oh i just got my activity update it says i need to stand more it's like stand up fatty is what it just told me <laughs> it just a little vibrated on my arm and told me to stand up but uh, yeah so i'm digging it you know it's pretty cool but i i i've been waiting it came out 18 months ago right and i uh, and i wanted to buy one when it came out because i was like hey that's cool and the more i thought of it, i'm like you know i don't wear a watch anyway and all this other stuff but as time goes on my dad was anytime i wanted to buy something he's like when you really want to buy something if you can wait a year and you still want to buy it, just buy it. Right. You know, if it's a frivolous thing that you don't need. You know? right. So anyway, I, I set a goal for myself, and this is coming full circle. I said, because I was working on my book, the headshot book for uh, Amherst Media, and I said, when I finish it, when I turn in the final version to the publisher, I'm going to reward myself by buying an Apple Watch. And so well, this past week, I very turned nice. in the final version very nice, very nice. to the publisher, and it is coming out in October. Okay. Finally. Mine still half finished. Still, yeah. 
Haven't, haven't you should reward it. yourself with an Apple Watch. <laughs> haven't touched it. <laughs> haven't touched it in three weeks, four weeks, because I've been so busy. It took me 18 months to write That's a book. That's crazy. And I talked to our friend Melanie Anderson, who just did a book on ring light photography for right. Amherst. And she's like, yeah, I did it in like a month. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the way it's supposed <laughs> to be. Amherst sent her the list of like, here's all the stuff we need. And she just turned right. it all in and yeah. like did it. You know? There you go. But I, I'm really bad about pushing stuff that's not urgent to the back burner. You know, if it's not in my face screaming, I'm usually like, eh, that'll wait. You yeah. know? So if something can wait, I'll make it wait. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, I'm kind of digging it. It's pretty cool and uh, happy to be done with my book. I'm looking forward to that come out. So we should have the book. Of it. The book is now available for pre-sale on Amazon, which I'm pretty excited about. But um, I will be also um, or pre-ordering a bunch and sending out signed copies that you'll be able to buy on my website. Well, the signed copy. Yeah, except I'm going to sign it with someone else's. Each one's going to be a different celebrity is going to sign this. <laughs> Mark Hamill has signed yours. Now, uh, it'll all be the cast of Star Wars. Mark James Hamill Ar- trivia. James Earl Jones. Uh-oh. I have Mark Hamill trivia. The Joker. Uh, have you seen... Yes, he's the voice of the Joker. Yeah. Have you seen The Kingsman, Secret Service? Yeah, he's in that. That's right. He's the professor who gets kidnapped at the very beginning. Yeah. The mm-hmm. Kingsman movie, Secret Good movie. Service. Yes, great movie. Uh, the, and they're making a sequel. The Kingsman movie, Secret Service, is based on a comic book. Right, of the same name. If you read the comic book, at the beginning of the comic book, Mark Hamill is kidnapped. Not a professor. Oh. In the comic book, Mark Hamill, the actor, is actually the one who is kidnapped. And oh. so then when they made the movie, they decided to make it some professor. But they got Mark Hamill to play, to play the them. professor as a nod to the fact that in the comic book, he, the actor, was the one who That's was kidnapped. That's so damn That's meta. Like, yeah. That's so meta. That's kind of cool. You seen the Ghostbusters movie yet, the new one? No. No, I have not. You're not one of the haters, are you? I'm not a hater. I'm but give I'm just, it a shot. First of all, I never go to the movies. Yeah, that's true. Because yeah. I pay $1,000 a month for every movie channel. And so I feel like that's just stupid. If you're going to get HBO and Showtime and all that stuff, it's stupid to then go like, to the movies. I'll, I'll, I'll wait three months. Yeah, right. absolutely. It's going to come yeah. out. Uh, but also, I'm just Apple like, eh, I mean, we're talking about Ghostbusters, Gary. I actually listened to a podcast called Geek History Lab. I listened to it, too. And, and I, listened, I listened to the episode you're talking about. And it was so shocking to me to hear the girl on there talk about how like she had never seen the movie and all she knew of it was you know like the logo and stuff and to me my generation is like how can you I've never seen Ghostbusters I mean it's Ghostbusters I love the idea that Dan Aykroyd wanted to create a ghost comedy just like you know Abbott and Costello Abbott Frank Costello, Frankenstein yeah all those and that was like the genre he was shooting right. for and how none of those guys were really that famous before that movie came out I enjoy anytime you find young uh, comedian types or without, or young directors and you see this with young directors and stuff too who seem to have really gotten into their craft and really studied the old old guys yeah, and, I, and they know who they are and they, and, they, and they try and refer back to it and they drafted the main three Ghostbusters off of archetypes from like the Wizard of Oz yes. the Scarecrow the Cowardly yep. Lion and yeah, it was man. very cool. Yeah. yeah, it was neat stuff. But uh, you know, but I, I'm interested in the uh, all the internet hate about it. Like, and I read yeah. this article that said that that people were going online before, and then the movie's been out for a while, um, like a week or so, a couple of weeks. Yeah, and then and, and um, people were going online in the U.S. before the movie came out and giving it bad reviews. <laughs> Like, don't you have anything better to do? And it's it's just like, look, I get it. Ghostbusters is a sacred movie to me. I love that movie. It's one of my favorites. Maybe my favorite comedy of all time, or at least it's yeah, in the top great. five. It's definitely in the top five. But, like, you know, just because another movie comes out, there they reboot the movie, it doesn't make the other movie not exist anymore. No. Like, <laughs> you can no. go watch it any... It's still there, buddy. Still there. You can watch it anytime you want. And they don't have to beat it. 
It doesn't have to be better than. Or, it's just, yeah. And also, it's good. It's a good thing because it continues your franchise into a new generation. Absolutely. I mean, people who want to scream about J.J. Abrams remaking Star Trek. Do you want Star Trek to die? Because that's what's going to happen if right. someone doesn't remake it. Eventually, it. William Shatner's going to die. Yes. Eventually. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope he doesn't die before this episode comes out or immediately after because it'll be kind of creepy because I do like the Shat Man. Oh, who doesn't love the Shat I Man? I dig the Shat. You know, I dig the Shat Man. I, uh, I had something uh, very, uh, very important that I was about to say and I just totally forgot what about it was. Star Trek dying no 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 it was about Ghostbusters and the whole and the whole Ghostbusters thing and maybe it'll come back later yeah, you want to talk about photography no not really you know what I was watching <laughs> you know I was watching yesterday I was watching Porn. Um, I was no I was watching Batman Returns oh yeah the original one with Michael Keaton it's terrible oh no that's what, now I remember what I was going to say this is a new game I play now when I go to the, when I go to the grocery store with the uh, people who work at the grocery store behind the counter and stuff provided that they're younger than me mm-hmm. I play a new game and it's called can you tell me who Paul Newman is? And I have yet to find a person. Cool hand Luke. They don't know who knows who he is. Yeah. First of all, I say, do you know who Paul Newman is? The and, they, and they go, guy. and they go, no. <laughs> and they go, no. And I go, and I go here on the bottle, this guy. And they go, oh, that's oh, his name is Paul Newman. And they don't, Paul Newman's they don't know. Dressing. They don't know he's the guy on the salad dressing. They don't know he was the biggest movie star on the planet for thirty years. He was. He was the George Clooney of the sixties and seventies. They, they. They don't know. They. They know nothing about Paul Newman. And I'm like, I get. Okay. So yeah, time marches on. And you don't remember a movie star from the sixties? I get that. But Paul Newman's salad dressing. I'm not sure what that is. It's a penny whistle intro from My Heart Will Go On, the theme okay. of Titanic. I'm just saying. <laughs> but you work in a grocery store, I would hope that it may, at least maybe you know, oh, yeah, this is the old guy from the salad dressing, which, by the way, all that stuff you see with his face on it, all that money goes to charity. I've heard that, yeah. You know, his, his legacy, the funny thing about Paul Newman is his legacy will be as one of the most charitable uh, uh, companies in the history of, of but the But nobody will know who but he is. nobody will remember. <laughs> but nobody will remember that Paul Newman, Paul Newman, Rod Redford, you know, The Sting, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Cool Hand the, Luke. Cool Hand Luke. The Verdict. He the won best, best Actor for that. I mean, we're talking about Paul Newman, Blue Eyes Paul Newman, and they don't know who he is. Does that make you sad? Well, it makes me sad because, it, because a little bit, only because you realize just how transient everything is. That's like going to my everything, generation everything being like, what's away. your favorite Clark Gable movie? And like, I don't know, I think he, that's the guy with big ears. Yeah, but right? I know who Clark Gable is. Right. You know, I know who Humphrey Bogart is, even though he's way before my Maybe time. Maybe Paul Newman just wasn't. That I know great. who Charlie Chaplin is. <laughs> what? Paul Newman? Maybe he wasn't that great. Paul Newman was not, not that, that memorable. Great. Paul Newman. Paul Newman. We're talking say? about Paul Newman. Yeah, we are. Paul Newman. No, the no, Sting. No. Paul Newman. Oh, I'm Butch sorry. Cassidy. I thought you meant Raul the Newman. Paul will probably kill you. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Paul Newman was not that great. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> You're out of order, sir. <laughs> you are out I of order. I said good day. I said good, said good day, day, sir. <laughs> good day. The fall will probably kill you. Come no. on, Paul Newman. What we have here is a failure to communicate. That's right. That's yeah. from Cool Hand Luke. Yeah, yeah great come on. Movie. And now, I mean, even Cool Hand Luke was before my time. Right. I didn't really know it. I only knew it because my father used to quote. Cool Hand Luke was before my mom's time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but I think but my mom Paul was probably Newman. eight when that movie came out. Paul Newman. You know, and like I said, I, okay, you don't know him as an actor. That's funny, but the fact that you don't that you know he's half the shelf in the in the in, in that aisle is his face, and you don't know who he is, and and you know it'd be nice if you knew 
that his company started because he was a famous actor and he used to make salad dressing and bottle it and give it to his friends for Christmas. And someone said, you should sell it. And Paul Newman was like, I don't want to sell it, you know, whatever. And then he went and talked to somebody. He goes, wait a minute. What if I did sell it and put my face on it and gave all the money to my charity, the Hole in the Wall Gang, which builds and maintains camps for at-needs children, for children who have special needs. They have summer camps. So kids with special needs can go to summer camp like everybody else. And they said, okay. And so he started with just Paul Newman salad dressing and that was it. And now it's salad dressing, popcorn, you name it. And every single penny goes to charity. How much do you think uh, the salad dressing now tastes like the stuff he used to make in his kitchen? That's a good question because once you've got to start changing that stuff. It probably tastes like balls. Yeah. But I, was like, I was watching a show called The Prophet and the guy was like, he was taking, a, the show. He was taking a small local restaurant that was very popular and he was going to buy into them and help them expand. And one of the things he wanted to do was take her special biscuits into the grocery store. And when he had a, this special uh, chef come in with her and him and this special chef was showing how he was going to have to change a few things in her ingredients in order to mass produce them. And the look on her face was like she had just eaten a turd when he was sitting there trying to say we're gonna have to make a few little changes and she was just looking like you can't change my biscuits you're gonna have to use sawdust yeah you can't change my biscuits you can't (laughs) he was like but we can't we can't mass produce them the you know and and but she's just like and and i think that's probably the same thing happened to paul newman yeah you know they can't be the same seller killed him the poor bastard yeah meanwhile 200 million dollars a year is going to is he alive charity paul newman yes he is dead dead. gary paul newman is dead i don't know i didn't get the tweet sorry (laughs) <laughs> oh, Paul Newman. I'm sorry, dude. It's Paul Newman. Okay, I know who Robert Redford is because he's still alive and making movies. You know? Okay. You know? well, there you go. well, the fact that he's, that Redford's not making movies. You, know you know who isn't making movies anymore? And has just quiet- John Candy? No, true, because he's dead. <laughs> Quietly stopped making movies and nobody Sean seems Connery. to have noticed. Well, yeah, that's true, but we don't care. Okay. Uh, no. Wait, um, what do you mean you don't care? <laughs> No. You don't care no. about my movies? No. Welcome to The Rock? Uh, is, um, is, um, Losers writing about God, the best. I can't. <laughs> he puts one of yours in a hospital. You put, put one of his in the morgue. morgue. <laughs> money Penny. Oh, money Penny. Money, Hello, Money, money Penny. penny. Uh, what's the guy? Uh, 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 Gene Hackman. Gene yeah, Hackman. Well, he's probably like 80. Yeah. Now. He just kind of stopped making movies. He, oh, okay. They can and, retire. Before, and as long as we're not talking about photography at all. <laughs> I love our photography I was setting podcast. Up, I was setting up the uh, the DVD. I was setting up the uh, sound system yesterday, and Batman Returns was on. And oh, the yeah. bad guy in Batman Returns, the Penguin, and but the other guy is Christopher Walken. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot that he was in that movie. I watched it this past Batman. year. Yeah. And Christopher Walken. I don't care what movie he's in. He's, he's Christopher, Christopher Walken. Yeah. It is just great. It is so great to watch him, even when he was younger. And he's like Batman. With the cape and the cow. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy with the Batman. And you're just like, every movie, he's exactly the same. Yeah. He doesn't have to. What are you? He doesn't have to change it. Catwoman. <laughs> you, know, you know what I love? At every opportunity, I you, wanna, you, you have to throw in yes, your walking It's the only one I do. Yeah, well, you know. I'm working on it. So what have we got photography-related for nothing, our beloved listeners? We got, we got a whole list of stuff over uh, We talked about this. We talked about that. And, uh, oh, have you ever had this happen to you? Um, yes. You're doing a job where it's not, it's not like a wedding or something like that. It's a, you know, like you're doing professional headshots or something, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, they're, and they're paying you for a particular picture of each person or what have you. Mm-hmm. And then someone comes in and they're like, oh, yeah, take my picture with Billy. 
And you're taking the picture and you're saying to yourself, you're never going to see this picture. It happens all the time. It happens all the and you, and you don't want to explain that to them. You just go, okay, get together. Great. And they go, oh, yeah, that looks great. Thank you. You're never going to see this picture. No, no. I didn't get hired to come in and take pictures. I don't even of deliver it to the client. Yeah, you're, no, of course not. Your company is not paying for pictures of right. you and your guy who sits across your, your work wife. Right. Or, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> work wife. They pay, me, they pay me to come in and take headshots of each person. They're paying for six headshots and that's what they're getting. Absolutely. I'm not going to pay an extra 100 150 bucks for you and your work wife. No, absolutely not. Yeah. No, I, I do. Um, I do have that happen to me a lot. But one of the things I actually um, wanted to cover too in my upcoming creative life class, which will be next week, yeah, um, yeah. August fourth and fifth. But um, is that a lot of times I'll get is managing the expectations. I'll go up to a job and I'll be doing, let's say, headshots of professional portraits for a couple of attorneys, and they're like. On my way out, I'm packing up. Like, hey, while you're here, can you uh, grab a couple pictures of the building inside and out? Maybe do some couple pictures of the facility. And I'm like, that's not what you hired me to come out no. here for, you know. No. And so, like, making sure that you have that scope of work in place mm-hmm. to where you say, this is what I'm coming out to shoot. This is what I'm shooting, and then I'm leaving. You yeah. Know? Because people think that you just go out there and this is you, you bring your camera you can just shoot whatever right but different genres of photography require a completely different approach mm-hmm. a completely different amount of time and even in a lot of cases completely different equipment like i may not bring out the stuff i need to do that properly you know and right so if you go out and you try to do this smorgasbord on this job like i'm gonna shoot headshots and then i'm gonna shoot product shots and then i'm gonna shoot the interiors of all the offices and if you jam all that stuff into one shoot you tend to i think at least one or all but one of the those things are going to suffer in quality. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like making biscuits. <laughs> when you try to do too much, the quality right. suffers. Right. See how I did that? That was yeah, pretty good. A nice callback. I had that happen when I was uh, doing a wedding. What's that, a callback? No, and you had the woman who, th- who wanted to start telling you, directing your shots. Uh. And dad comes in for the bride and we're in this cramped hotel room. And she's like, oh, no. Ta- oh, and, and he's standing next to her. He's got her hand on her back. You know, and she's like, oh, oh, get a picture of him from behind with his hand on her back. And I'm thinking, no, this is this is not the room or the location for that shot. It's going to be, it's, it's not even, you know, but you just go, okay, and you click it. And, you know, because it's not worth explaining to you that if that was a shot, I would have seen it and taken it. Right. That's absolutely. what I get paid to yeah, do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, no, the people micromanage, but you got to give them a job. Make them your assistant. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hold this. Do so, this. Oh, you know how we talked, you know what I did? I shot my very first one of these at a wedding. Um, a few weeks ago, I shot the wedding of Julia Kelly, who is the uh, daughter of the who famous uh, portrait photographer Tim Kelly who we've had on the show we did a two part episode with him called um, Standing in the Shallow End and that's uh, pretty awesome I shot uh, their only daughter's wedding and um, half the people there were photographers great photographers so that was you know no always problem. no pressure but I shot for the very first time I shot a first touch have you shot the first touch before? Uh, first touch? Yeah, the first uh, touch. This has been going time. on for a while, and I had, you know, I've seen people posting this for maybe a year or more, or who knows, a little longer. But what the, what you typically do is you'll get the bride and the groom will stand on opposite sides of a door. Oh, yeah, I've done that. And they'll reach around and they'll oh, yeah. touch hands, oh, and yeah. they'll talk a little bit before they get married, but they don't see each other. Yeah, I didn't know it was called first touch. I just call it the, you know, the, the non-first look. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> where you put them on the, yeah, on the door, yeah. So I shot my first first touch okay and uh it was kind of sweet it's uh it's on it's on my blog if you go to hughesfearradio.com it's like maybe the most recent or a couple posts it ago. is kind of sweet but it is so totally contrived for a picture um yeah. it only exists for the picture well i found a cool way to do it because the way it they can't be that special and they're they're very um they're very much uh you know spiritual religious people um and uh they wanted to pray together before they walked down the aisle and so okay, well, see now that's different that, so that, he came and they so were contrived. reaching around the door they were touching and all the bridesmaids were there in the corner 
corner of the room and they had their heads down in prayer and the couple had their heads down in prayer and then I backed up and one of the little flower girls had crawled up onto like an old wingback wingback chair and was peeking at it at the proceedings over the back of the wingback chair. Yeah, I saw that picture. Yeah, and it was like I sh- just shot it from her perspective and right. you see the bride and the groom and the bridesmaids all praying together while she peeks at them. It was okay. Pretty cool. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> You're never going to live that down. <laughs> Here's the, here. You know, let's go back to that because in a previous episode, no, let's not go. I had joked that your headshot work that I had seen. No, listen, no, that's a thing though. Here, that your lighting was just okay. Yeah, yeah, and now yeah, you've yeah, brought yeah, it up yeah, three yeah. times. Yeah. And so here's my response: If I went out and I shot sunset pictures on the beach, you would look at what I did and you'd go, "Yeah, those are okay." Because no. that's what you do no. every day, all day. No, I wouldn't. I'd go. That's great. Yeah, you wouldn't be I so. Would, you wouldn't great. be so uh, so great. rude as to tell me that they that's were just great. okay. I would say that's great. That's great, Gary. That's great. You're my friend. That's great. That's what I would do. You poor bastard. No, the truth truth is when it comes to a headshot, you, and this is an interesting thing, because of your position and how you've positioned yourself in the community as a person who is an expert at headshots, and because you do so many of them, and you've got a book, and you credit live, and everything like that, you're in a position where you, it's not that you can't be nice or magnanimous to people, but you have to be honest to a certain extent. You know, you, well, people say, I learn this from Gary all the time. And if I don't teach them good stuff or correct somebody, when they ask for my opinion, right. only I never unsolicited, but when somebody asks for a right. critique and I give it to them, I'm not going to say, Oh, that's great. You know, right. um, but because I, I mean, I have it all the time. Every once in a while, somebody will post something on, on Facebook in one of the photography groups and it'll be not great. And they'll go, Oh, this is one of the thing I saw on Gary Houston on creative live. And I'm like, I didn't teach that great. Right. Well, you know, the thing, it's tough because I can remember when I was first coming up, you know, and you would show your work to other photographers and you'd be like, Oh, and look at this. And they go, Hmm. Mm-hmm. And you, and, and you, and you'd be a little hurt and maybe a little offended. And, 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 and you think, well, you know, you know, I don't know. You just, it would upset you. Cause and they did fawn and all you over get, you. Yeah. Like your internet buddies. Yeah. And then when you get better at it, you realize they're not trying to be mean or anything. It's just that you're not, you're not at their level. And when you go to them and show them that stuff, what are they going to say to you? Right. They, you know, they're not going to say that's great when they can see that the pose is wrong and the hand is wrong and the light is wrong and everything else. And they can't, and they see it and you don't. And so what are they supposed to say? They're not going to sit there and pick it apart in front of you. That's rude. And if they say that's great, then you think you're fine. And why can't I get any work? Yeah. I mean, it's a very tough no, position. To put, it's a very tough position to put somebody in when you say, what do you think of this? No, I did that one time, which by the way, I didn't ask Gary what he thought no <laughs> he volunteered no you said that my lighting was great and i no. you said about yourself you're like no that turned out real good and i go hey, it was okay yeah because you bragged on yourself you and i had to take you down a peg no one time that. i i uh, i was at focus the, the convention of the florida professional photographers and bob coates who's this great photographer and artist from sedona sure. arizona really neat guy um and i had was showing him some of my work that was hanging in the exhibition and i was like asking him questions because he was one of the judges at the competition and i said i said what do you think he goes well well, it doesn't suck. <laughs> and like, but here are the things I remember one time that like I said, uh, Barry Rankin is another photographer from the Detroit area. Who's a big PPA guy. He's got more, I think he's got maybe more exhibition, more competition merits than any other photographer, or at least he's up in the top five. Like he's just got a lot, you know? And he was, I would, uh, he's a friend of my parents. And I, one time I sent him some images when I was first starting, out. I was like, what do you think will be good for competition? I sent him like 50 images. I got an email back. I said, Try harder, Barry. (laughs) (laughs) Try harder. But at the same time, those moments when someone who was genuine 
who wanted to help me was really honest with me are the moments when I learned the most. Right. You know, and it's, it's when somebody, uh, you know, you don't want to necessarily, you always want to give somebody the doo-doo sandwich where you say something nice, then you give them a critique and then you say something nice. And with somebody that you don't know, you kind of have to do that. But when it's somebody like you or somebody like me or somebody like, you know, uh, Barry was with, with my family and Bob Coates is, <clears throat> and you know, you, why waste your time asking somebody at that level who's that great? Right. Without um, really wanting to know what they think. Well, because you see so many people when they first start, and I guess I was this way too, and they're so passionate about their photography, and they, and they want to show, and they want to share, and they want and then you get to become the uh, older jade photographer, jaded photographers like we are. I mean, we, I don't ever pull out my pictures to show people. No. No. You know who does? Yes. Brendan and pulling out his iPad to show you his latest creation. Yes, Randy will definitely show you his work. But the thing about Randy is his work is great. Right. And it's, it actually, and, and, and also. It's almost like rubbing it in your face at yeah, that point. Yeah, that's what I, he's like, oh, look, here's some stuff I did last week. And you just want to go, yes, I couldn't do that. Thank you for pointing out that you're they're better than I yeah, am. Yeah, it's like, that. you know, I just slapped this together right before I came out yeah. tonight. I just wanted to see what you thought. Yeah, and be like, go screw yourself. Here's an angel on a unicorn with a tank. <laughs> you know, and your lad just threw this together for fun. <laughs> it's a tankicorn. Yes, it's a tankicorn. <laughs> <laughs> a little portmanteau for you literary people out there. Trademark awesome. pending. Hey, so what do we got coming uh, up? So, um, oh, what have we got coming up? <laughs> we've got uh, we've got uh, Creative Live. Oh, this show airs during Creative Live. Mm, no, no, this, no. This will be the week before. I think. Okay, so, so we you got, you might be doing. Yeah, this will come out on the day when you, I think you're doing the IPC. Yeah, Live. so IPC Live is uh, August first, and this may be this episode may be August first. Don't tell anybody. We pre-record our episodes. Oh no. Uh, yes, this episode is uh, so uh, August first through the fourth will be uh, IPC Live with the International Photographic Competition. Go to stream dot the IPC dot right org. now. Boo Ray right now it's streaming right this That's second. That's right. I'm streaming right now someone get me a towel <laughs> and you can um watch you can watch me live not bad perry not bad <laughs> on the ipc uh for the next four days uh and watch the competition and learn so much and and just the, the images are incredible. right now i'm in my studio sweating my balls off waiting for my prints to come up right. Well, I, you're going to crush you got you put in prints you put in hard prints not digital files right who printed your prints um, uh, Mr. Tim Kelly. Yeah, you're done. Yeah, you're good. We actually, I actually sort of traded services. Yeah. I shot his daughter's wedding. You're and good. He did my competition. Print. You're good. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead right now. On, I'm gonna come right out right now and say you're four for four at least. You're at least bronze. Uh, I'm gonna say four for four and probably two loans minimum. Don't you put that voodoo on me? I want, I want diamond, I'm baby. That, I, well, diamond. I'm saying diamond. I'm, I'm saying that's your minimum. That's like your starting point. All right, all right. Because we'll because you're you put in prints and you had Tim. The Kelly thing is, art subjective. But right now, you and I are both waiting for our images to come up, along with many of our friends. Yes, I have three images. In. I have one that's carried over in three, three. Oh, because you you got you sealed and got the automatic. I sealed, I sealed the I sealed the stupid sports picture I took. I love that picture. <laughs> it's I a great lo- picture. I love how much it riles you up that your 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 strongest print is one that's yes, not a wedding. Of course, <laughs> stupid picture. The guy the, the guy committed a face mask call and then fell at my feet. My my daughter could have taken that picture with an iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> not a hard picture to take. Okay, so uh, August fourth and fifth. It is some of you will be listening to this after that has happened, but August fourth and fifth will also be doing a two-day class on professional portraits on creative live august 15th and 16th i'll be doing a two days in tallahassee for the tallahassee professional photographers what's their website tpp tppg i believe g.com yeah tppg I don't even know if it's on the website at this point. But yeah, so I'll be doing one for the regular meeting, like a 90-minute program, and then the next day I'll be doing a whole day program basically showing 
all the, how I do all my headshots and all the studio lighting and all the stuff that I do. And it's called Best Day Ever. We will be doing uh, the Photobomb podcast live at Focus September 10th through the 12th. Super so excited about that. Are you in Focus.com? I will be in Natick, Massachusetts for PPAM. What? Where will you be? Natick, Massachusetts. There you go. <laughs> For PPAM.com at the Hampton Inn there, doing a full day on uh, lighting. That's such a great group up there, yeah, too. Say hi great. to Gail and George Lacozzi for me. We love Will them. Trish be there? Is that Trish's group? Trish is Maine. Trish oh, is in Maine. I like She's Trish. from Boston, but she's in Maine. But she might show up. I oh, know. I like that. I'd like to see Trish. Okay, great. So that's it, right? Um, yeah. You'll find me online at BlueRayPerry.com. You'll find Gary at, uh, at uh, HughesFiorati.com. Only if you're looking for me. Right. You'll find us online, Facebook.com slash Podcast. You'll find my group online facebook.com slash profototalkwithburay.com mm-hmm. something like that uh, profototalkwithburay and uh, I think that's it that's right? it man alright we'll see you next week see you later